Welcome to Mountain View Church Audio, coming to you from the Wilderness City, Whitehorse, Yukon. We strive to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. So today we have with us Katarina and Eliana MacArthur. And they're going to read a couple of scripture passages for us. And Eliana is going to tell us a bit about her mom. So Eliana, what are you going to read today? I'm reading from Proverbs 31, verses 25 to 31. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman who who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Awesome job. So if you had to only use two words to describe your mom, what would they be? I think two words would probably be tenacious and wise. Okay. And what kind of influence has your mother had on your life? Um, I think she's done a really, really good job of making Jesus and our faith as a whole just a part of everyday life. She's um, just incorporated that into, yeah, just our day-to-day and I think most Christian parents, when they when their kids were really little, they would read them like Bible stories and do kids' devotionals with them, and that's great. But she always made a point of like having like these earnest conversations with us, which probably weren't easy because we were kind of <laughs> goofballs. Um, but she, yeah, and even now, growing up and getting older, she'll still put like the U version daily prayer thing and on the t- breakfast table and have us listen to that. Uh, and now, like, even whenever I'm worrying about anything, she'll just say, go, go journal about it and go, go tell your heavenly daddy about it. Um, and it just, yeah, I think right now it's harder to uh, truly appreciate that at its full value, but as my brothers and I get older, I think we'll probably look back and see how much influence that will have on our later lives. And that's pretty priceless. Awesome. Katerina, what are you going to read today? Well, I'm going to read from John 4. Sorry, from John 15, verse 4 and 5. And it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I picked that verse because, (laughs) well, that was really some high praise, but truly, um, if if it's not like in what this verse says, if I don't abide in Jesus, there's no chance that I could 
live yeah. up to any of that. And so, um, yeah, um, I'm recognizing more and more um, how important it is to abide and also how difficult, but important, important nonetheless, and, um, and also rewarding and, and um, just a good thing. And I'm glad um, that we have that uh, strength to tap into um, and that certainty. And that's what I need as a mom. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. We're taking a break today from our Heroes of Faith series from the Book of Hebrews to celebrate Mother's Day. We're moving from a series specifically focusing on heroes of faith to a different kind of hero. I'll do my best to explain what I mean by this, and I'll have some help along the way from real mothers and their kids who will actually show what this means. Truth is, I was pretty stumped on how to proceed uh, doing a sermon that would both honor God, which I want to do in every sermon, but also honor mothers. It's a very daunting prospect to deliver a meaningful sermon on a subject that I don't really have experience in. How do I speak about moms in a way that sheds new light on them or teaches anything? I have no experience being a mom or understanding what being a mom is like, and I was very nervous about this. I couldn't find a chapter in the Bible that was specifically devoted to general motherhood that I could pull from or focus on, and I have no personal context to relate to. Then I thought to myself, I'm going to blow this. I'm going to blow the last chance I have to preach for a while and let down all the moms who hear it. I got really in my head. Then I realized, though not everyone is a mom or has experienced motherhood, everyone has at least had one. So most, if not all, of what I'm going to say isn't new, but rather a reminder. My job today is to remind everyone what moms do and help us reflect on the incredible love that they share. It's kind of absurd, really, that we only have one day a year that we call Mother's Day. Because any mom will tell you that when you're a mom, every day is Mother's Day. Every day is a super hard job. Every day is enough to make you crazy. And this little ball of screams and cuddles is a test of character like no other. Moms put in the work. They do enough to be worthy of recognition, not just on one day in May, but every day. Moms are the vessel that God has chosen to bring forth new life into the world. And they give their lives to this task. Women are the right choice. Men, for all of our loud talk and shows of toughness and bravado, would not be able to handle this role. If you doubt me, just observe any man with a cold. Women are not wimps. And God clearly knew what he was doing when he assigned the role of birth giver to the female gender. Women are blessed with a God-given ability to nurture and care for others. And this isn't just moms either. I know plenty of women who God didn't choose to be mothers, and they have these traits and share them beautifully. More often than not, these women who aren't mothers of one child end up being mothers to many. So my mom is many miles away, and I don't get to see her very often, and I know that my life would be a lot less full of love if it wasn't for these caregivers. They deserve and have earned recognition on this day and every day too. If you have someone in your life who's taken you under her wing, fed you, listened to you, as a mother would, make sure that they know that they're appreciated today as well. A common trait shared by these nurturers and caretakers, moms of children and moms of us all, is that they do it day in and day out with no expectation of recognition. 
They quietly go about the business of making lives better all around them. And if this is the only day that we give them any credit for their labors, we need to do better. God made man, and he made woman. He made us differently. But one is not more than the other. One is not better than the other. Together, they're better. We are both suited for the roles that God has chosen us for. And despite what society would say about this today, God's design is perfect. Today, I'll talk a little about moms, but it's also important to hear from them and from their kids. So today you'll hear God's word shared by both. Up next, we have Sarah and Jacob. Okay, so today again, we have, uh, this time we have Sarah and Jacob Geary, and they're going to read a bit of scripture for us, and then I'll ask Jacob a couple questions. He's a man of few words, so this won't take long, but he'll tell us a bit about his mom. So what scripture are you guys going to read? Today we are reading Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6. Okay, go ahead. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Awesome. Good job. So, Jacob, if you had only a couple words to describe your mom, how would you describe her? Best mom ever. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. And uh, can you tell me a bit about uh, the influence your mom's had on your life? Uh, she makes me work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine, real answers. Okay. And how does your mom make you feel? Uh, really good. Good. Thank you guys so much for coming in and doing this today. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah and Jacob. Great job. Now, as I said in the intro, um, I was struggling with how to, how to bring a sermon on Mother's Day, which is very different than anything else we've done or anything else I've done anyways. Um, normally we have, in the preaching series we've done, we have a character and I study that character and their account in the Bible and then, and then bring that to you. But today, today it's all about moms, all moms. And it's pretty intimidating, but, but, <clears throat> but God helped me out as he does. And so I just want to take you on a little bit of a journey. And the focus today should be on the scripture that's read by moms and kids and if there's something you take away from this it's that and i implore you uh, if you're a mother a parent in general but if you're a mom share that moment with your kids study the word help them and help yourself get to know god better so moms A mother's job begins long before a baby's born. She starts giving of herself as soon as that baby is beginning to be formed in the womb. It's almost like, like God shows up, begins a good work in her, but then it's like he sits with her 
puts his hand on her shoulder and looks her in the eye and says, okay, mama, you know what to do. Go to work. And she does. She knows what to do. And from that moment, she begins to give of herself. She is no longer the priority in her life. There's a, there's a split second or a moment where it goes from her and, and she's kind of the, the main person in her life. And now it's that little baby. And it will always be from now on that little baby. She starts giving immediately and she gives her time, her energy, her sleep, her love, a piece of every bit of her goes into that little life, goes into that little baby that's being formed inside of her. And I mean, this is where mom brain comes from. I'm sure you've heard the expression mom brain, but when you think about it, eating, sleeping, expending energy, she's doing this for two now, all the time, 100% of the time. And so who cares if she forgets to, if she leaves her keys in the fridge or toasts the toast twice or whatever, all the other little things that can happen when, when one is focusing so much energy on this other little one inside. It's incredible. And baby is 100% dependent on mom. There's no other place to look for sustenance. There's no other place to look for, for growth and for love. Even that little baby inside knows its mother and knows it depends on its mother. And uh, the, fetal heartbeat, the fetal heartbeat races when baby hears mother's voice. That's an incredible thing. I, I looked, I did, I did some research on this, on like mothers and babies and relationships. And it's incredible the things that happen biologically. This is a miracle every time. It's a miracle of God every time. And that little baby needs mom. Even, even their immune system <clears throat> is, is built with her, is built like she provides the protection for that little baby. And from the minute that baby is born, all of its senses are tuned to mom. That baby knows its mother. That baby knows where its safety comes from, where its food comes from, where its love comes from. And that baby knows it needs mom. And the most amazing thing about this whole process to me is as I was, as I was reading about and researching and, and just kind of more fully understanding the amount of work, the amount of effort, the amount of energy expended, the amount of giving that happens throughout this whole process. The most amazing thing to me is that moms are often willing to do it again. Like I look at myself and I think about this, I would probably demand five years off just to recover. Like I, I can't even imagine, but moms, they go through this whole thing. They go through this, this nine months of work and exhaustion and there's pain and there's, it's incredible. And, and then 
baby's born and it's almost like, like it's forgotten. Like all the sleepless nights and the anguish and the sore back and the, the vomiting and the nausea and the everything else that happens along this journey. It's almost like it, it's just forgotten. And often, like some people have one kid, but some people have many kids. And it's amazing to me that mom is willing to do this again, now knowing what she's getting into. But when we look to scripture, John 16, 21 explains this. John says, or the, the gospel of John says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. That's what happens. That solves that mystery for me that I just couldn't wrap my head around. Like, how can, how can you want to do this again? It's explained very well in scripture. The joy that new life has been born into the world washes all of the all of the pain and exhaustion away and now mom's got this new life and her work hasn't hasn't her work doesn't stop there her work steps it up a notch first we're going to go to uh, Dana and Avery and they're going to read some scripture together and you'll learn a bit more about Avery and, and Dana's relationship and then we'll come back and carry on with this journey so today we have uh, Dana and Avery, and they're going to read a bit of scripture, and I'm going to ask Avery a couple questions about her mom. So Avery, do you, do you want to start by reading your piece of scripture? Sure. So whatever you wish that the others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. Awesome. What verse was that? That was... <laughs> Matthew 7, verse 12. Okay, cool. Thank you for doing that. So, Avery, if you, if you were to describe your mom in a few words, what words would you use? My mom is a great mom. She is smart, funny, kind, and pretty, and she loves and cares for me very much. Excellent. And what kind of influence has your mom had on your life? My mom has helped grow my understanding of God and what being a Christian is like by teaching me to show love and compassion to others, like being a friend to a new student in class and having patience and understanding when friends have bad days because sometimes they are having difficulties at home that have nothing to do with me and they just need a friend. My mom is also generous and she's willing to help people she doesn't even know. It's an example of how she shows me to love your neighbor. Excellent. And Dana, what are you going to read today? I'm going to read Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Excellent. Thank you guys very much. So thank you, Dana and Avery. It's really cool that you guys are, were into this. This was a new idea that I had. Um, and when I presented it to these these children and their moms, uh, everybody was on board. Everybody thought it was a pretty cool idea. And there's a lot of moms and there's a lot of kids that I wasn't able to fit in here. I, I just, I was able to do some, and it represents some of Mountain View, some of the families in Mountain View. And I apologize to anyone who, who maybe would have liked to. And hopefully next time around, uh, we'll, 
we'll be able to switch it up. But I just really want to extend my thanks to the people that were willing to participate in this and make this something special. So that it's not just me in here talking, but it's a representation of the relationships that are formed between a mother and a child. And that that relationship is at its best when God is at the center. So the journey that mom takes, as we pick up our journey, a baby grows really quickly and life is a blur of activity and it's constant and babies become toddlers, which are terrifying little creatures. Um, sure, they're cute. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, they're adorable. Uh, but they test limits and now all of a sudden they're not content to just be here but they want to be here and they want to be here and they want to be here and they want to, what's that? What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that smell like? What's that taste like? What's that? What's that big noise? I'm going to go run right at it. And they don't really have a sense of fear per se. They haven't learned everything. They haven't learned how the world around them is, but they know they want to be a part of it. They want, they know, they know that they, they want to step out a bit on their own and they know that they want to move forward. And they're, they're busy. <laughs> and mom's job has gone from just keeping this little baby alive, from, from helping it survive, to basically constantly preventing self-imposed harm. So the exhaustion level of moms maybe isn't, as, as, isn't the same kind of exhaustion as it was when baby was in the womb and she was giving some of everything that she has to this baby. But now... The exhaustion level has just kicked it up a notch because now she's chasing this little guy or girl around everywhere all the time. And mom's patience is endless and her love abounds. And she, no matter how adventurous that little kid is, no matter how many steps that kid wants to take away from mom to explore and be independent, she is always shelter when the world gets too much. She is that child's safe place. An interesting fact <clears throat> related to this stage in life, um, by the age of two, by the time a child reaches age two, mom, on average, in North America, will have changed 7,300 diapers. I'm going to say that again. By the age of two, mom, by the child's age of two, mom will have changed 7,300 diapers. That's three 40-hour full work weeks a year. Moms work hard. It's, it's just another incredible fact that it came along and it blew my mind when I heard that number. You know, I mean, you think about diapers, yeah, it happens a lot. It's a constant thing, but 7,300? My respect for mothers has gone way up in this process. The child keeps growing and becomes more confident and wants to interact with the world around it and, and wants to find its place in this world. Like, where do I fit in this? There's all this new stuff all the time. What's my relation to it? What's my, what's my place in this world? But when something goes wrong, mom is always the place that they run back to. Mom is always the one with the answers. Mom is always the safe place. Mom's voice actually lowers cortisol, which is the stress hormone. When a, when a child, not just an infant in the womb, but when a child hears mom's voice, 
It's calming. Their stress goes down. The world is not so overwhelming, and they can handle it. And her voice also, acts, also activates or raises oxytocin, which is the hormone associated with love and bonding. So there is a constant thing going on here between mom and, mom and child. The connection was formed while baby was still a baby. The connection was begun while baby was in the womb, and it is, a, it is an incredible connection. And it just keeps building and keeps changing, but it doesn't become less. And mom is tuned to that baby, and baby's tuned to that mom. And, and they grow together in this, in this relationship. Isaiah 66, 13 says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. That verse might seem kind of out there. Uh, but I want to tell you a little story, and that will make more sense. <clears throat> so, when I was preparing for this sermon, I got to a point where I was really overwhelmed, and I had no idea what I was going to do, and I was kind of pouting about it, or, or down on myself about it, and, and I was just really nervous, and, and just overwhelmed is probably the right word. I, I could not figure out what I was going to put together here for Mother's Day, and I was I was beginning to fear that I, that I wasn't going to be, A, honoring God, which is the priority in every single one of these sermons, but B, honoring mothers. And I prayed, and, and, and I prayed about it, and um, inspiration came at the most unlikely time in the most unlikely of places. So I was in McDonald's last week at, at 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, and I I wasn't really thinking about the sermon at that moment, but I had been freaking out about it for the last few days prior to that. And I'm sitting at McDonald's, and I look up from my seat, and I'm just about done my meal. And I look up, and there's this little boy. And he's probably about two. He's, he's a toddler. He's at this stage where, where we are in our, our journey here. And he's walking in front of his mom, and he's walking, he's taking these little cute baby steps as toddlers do as they're trying to get their feet there. It's like they have sea legs or something and they're, they're trying to establish their footing on solid ground. And they know how, they know how to walk, but they're not good at it yet. And so he's, he's doing these little steps and mom's behind him, you know, carrying the tray of food. And he's got this ice cream cone. And he is so excited about this ice cream cone. And every, like he'd, he'd walk and then he stopped. And he looked at his ice cream and he's, you know, he's pretty happy about this. And it was like, it was like a moment you could tell, like he couldn't quite do two things at once yet. He couldn't focus on his ice cream and focus on walking. So the walking stopped and he's just staring at this ice cream cone and mom's behind him. And she says, I can't remember the exact words because I wasn't totally paying attention at this point, but she says something along the lines of, okay, buddy, let's keep going. We've got to go to our seat, you know, keep, just keep walking. And he just comes out of it and he stops looking at his ice cream and starts walking to his seat again. And the patience in this mother's voice, it just, it's, it made me start paying attention. She wasn't annoyed. She wasn't like frustrated that her kid just made, just stopped like dead stop right in front of her. And she almost like, she could have easily lost the tray. Um, it was like, she's used to this and she's used to this. She knows where he's at and she knows 
this journey that he's on and she's intimately involved. And so now I start paying attention <clears throat> and I'm watching and, and they get to the seat and it's those bench seats and the kid's got to climb up into the seat, but she lets him do it. She's not like, she's not doing everything for him. She's allowing him, she knows what he's capable of and she's allowing him to climb into the seat and he does and he makes it and he's okay, but she's there and she's ready to catch him if he falls. Mom's got him. And he knows this. In, intuitively, he he's trusts that his mom will protect him. And so now he's in the seat. They're in the seat. And the first thing mom does, he's still got his ice cream cone. So he's happy. He's content. But mom has a tray of food. And it was, it was like all he wanted was ice cream. So he got his ice cream. She had a... It's irrelevant. But she had enough food for one person, basically. But, but she takes the, the cheeseburger and the fries... And she offers them to him first. She intuitively gives first. He's got an ice cream, but she's still, she's still offering him the food. And she's like, do you want a piece of this? Do you want, do you want some fries? And he was good with his ice cream and that was fine. But it just, it, it hit me like she, she's probably been doing this her entire life. She's been doing this her whole, his whole life giving first and then worrying about taking care of herself. And I was sitting there and maybe it was about five minutes and she was, she taught him like two or three things in that five minutes. And one of them was how to drink out of a cup with a straw. So he's holding this cup of his juice, but he's holding it like this and the straw is not in the juice and it's like just physics doesn't really work and he wasn't getting anything. And she's like, no, no, it's okay, but you've got to hold the cup straight up, up and down. And he does, he does it and he, and he gets, he starts getting juice out of the straw. And it's like, in that moment, he learned something that she taught him that he is going to know for the rest of his life. And I know this doesn't sound profound, but in that, in that five minutes, it was like my eyes were opened to what a relationship between a mother and a child really is. And the amount that child is locked in on mom and he knows that what she says is true and he knows that she is going to direct him in the right way and he trusts her. And she teaches him things and these are things that are going to stick with him for the rest of his life and now he knows this thing. It seems like such a simple thing, how to drink out of a cup with a straw, but, but to him, who's never done it before, it's a big deal. And now he knows and he knows for the rest of his life and she is constantly teaching. And that's where this verse comes from. She's constantly teaching. She's constantly comforting him. She's constantly got his back. She's constantly taking care of him. And his trust and his comfort comes from her. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. As one whom his mother comforts. God used the relationship between a mom and a child who needs comfort to illustrate the comfort that he provides. He uses that, that bond that I saw play out in McDonald's to illustrate how dependent we are but how much he's there. Because that's what that child is. He's, he's dependent on mom, but she is there. And then 
it hit me like a ton of bricks. And this is, this is what I want to kind of close with. In McDonald's at 3 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, my eyes were opened and I was inspired. All the patience and the love, the giving of self and the teaching and the shelter and the pr protection, all of those things that a mom is giving to a little child is a reflection, is a shadow, is a sliver of what Christ gives to a Christian, what Christ gives to especially a new Christian. This is, this is what hit me. Is my walk when I became a new Christian with Christ was just like this little boy. And I started taking my baby steps and he was there the whole time. And I would get focused on something and I would lose, my, lose, the, lose the path. And he would be there and he would say, okay, keep going, buddy. Keep going. We got to do this walk. And then we'd, we'd get somewhere and I would try this new thing or, or learn this new thing that I didn't get before. And he'd reveal it to me and he would teach me things. And I always knew that he was there to protect me. And he's always giving. And I saw it illustrated. And the similarities are incredible. We can't touch the relationship that Christ has with us. We can't even understand the love that he has. But that relationship between a mother and a child, I think, is the closest we get in our humanity, in our, in our normal human existence. That is the closest thing that we can look to to understand even slightly how much Christ loves us and does for us and how much we depend on him. And it was beautiful. Everything good in the world, everything good that we have, everything good in our lives comes from God. And there's not much more, there's not anything I can think of that's, that's much more good or encompasses good or is made up of good than the love of a mother for a child. Dads love their kids too, but today it's about moms and I saw it play out and I'll never be the same. That's the closest we can come to understanding the love of Christ for us. In my humble opinion. If we go to the book of Matthew 18, 3, there's another verse I want to read. And this, this is so important. If you're, if you're struggling to know God, if you're, struggling to form this relationship that you know you need. You know you need him, but you don't know how. You don't know how to proceed with him. We need to become like that little boy. Matthew 18, 3. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children... You'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to become like that little boy. We need to forget everything that we think we know. We need to stop being 
so focused on ourselves that we can't look beyond ourselves. We need to drop it all and become like a child in front of Christ. And he's there and he loves us. And if we can do this, if we can, if we can put ourselves in this position to learn and to look to him, he'll teach us and he'll walk with us and he'll always be there. And he'll be our shelter. He'll be our protection. We are 100% dependent on him. He gives us our immune system. Our spiritual immunity comes from him. Our spiritual immune system. How to fight. How, how to stand against this fallen world that we live in. That we're no longer a part of once we become his. How to stand for him. He gives us all of that. He teaches us and he's always teaching us and our heart races when we hear his voice through this, through answered prayers, through direction, through the Holy Spirit convicting us. And we rejoice because we are his, because he is God. Jesus, we're sinful creatures and we're hopeless without God. And we're destined for eternal punishment. We're destined for eternal darkness. We're destined for an eternity without him. But Jesus came to earth in the form of a man, lived a perfect life that we can't live, gave us an example of what we can be in him and was willing to pay for our sins, was willing to, by his death on a cross, make a way for us to be able to get back to God, for us to be able to have a relationship with God. And that relationship only works if we become like that little boy and trust 100% in him because he did all the work he paid for our sin. He rose from the dead. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He went to heaven to prepare a place for us. We can be children of God, but we have to set ourselves aside. We have to depend on him. We have to believe in him. We have to trust in him and know that he is the way. Moms, moms sacrifice a lot in their lives for their children, for those they love. Christ sacrificed everything. I want to go to one more family. And this time we have three generations, which is pretty cool. So let's go to them and then we'll come back for a final prayer. So, last but not least, we have three generations here. We have Cheryl and Stacy and Emma. Cheryl, what are you going to read for us today? I'm reading from Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Okay, good. And Stacy, what are you going to read? I am going to read... 
from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8a. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Okay, and Emma, what are you going to read for us today? Uh, Colossians three twelve to 14. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Great. Good job. Okay, Stacy, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. So if you had a couple <laughs> words to describe your mom, how would you describe her? Probably more than a couple words. <laughs> um, first, huh, probably she's, she's my friend. She's my mom, but she's my friend. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, she's loving. She's caring. She's kind. Um, part of the reason probably that I chose those verses was because, well, I think in another version anyways, they use the word forgiveness. You know, you don't, don't hold things and you don't, you don't remember them. I can remember that from a young age (laughs) that if we got in trouble, we got in trouble and then, Hey, at the dinner table, everything's done with. And that was huge. So I love that about my mom, and hopefully I've learned that in turn. <laughs> um, yeah, those those are probably the biggest things. And then I think you might ask me a question later, and I can talk about this, but probably also the idea of the servant's heart. Um, that's what I've learned from my mom. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, my next question is, tell oh. me a bit about the influence that your mom's had on you. <laughs> The biggest one being the servant's heart. So I think back to those passages. Um, and the first one was was Psalm 62. And number one, where does our strength come from? From God. You know what? If we're going through tough times, we go to God. No doubt. I know that. And I learned that from mom. And the biggest part of all that, and when I talk about the servant's heart and trusting God too, is... Mom modeled that. That's how I learned it. Mom modeled that from the time I was a little girl until now (laughs) when we're back in her home, for goodness sakes, you know, and mom taught that. And out of that, too, the whole idea of in those passages as well, talking about the different how we see love, you know, it's humility, patience, gentleness, kindness. We all have different gifts. My mom has very different gifts than me. (laughs) And that's all right. That's a good thing. Um, But it's using those gifts then, you know, and and from a time of being a kid, she modeled that. And then we learned, hey, find our gifts and use them. And that's, that's how hopefully I can share with other people then too. Right. Um, so, yeah, sorry. 
if I did I answer the question or you not? You answered the question and then some. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> you, you gave us a pretty good picture of how you feel about your mom. Okay. That's what we're after. So, Emma, time to talk about your mom. So, if you had to describe your mom in a couple words, how would you do it? Um, forgiving, very forgiving. Um, <laughs> See, she did learn. <laughs> very, very, very patient. Um, and just loving and caring. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and uh, last question. It, what kind of influence has your mom had on your life? Oh, this is funny. So uh, the other week we were actually talking about this. Um, so we worked together at an elementary school, and I had a rough day. And I said to my mom, I was like, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you, like, get off work after dealing with these kids all day and then come home and deal with me and my brother. Like, <laughs> Because we were taking care of my cousins at the time, and I was like, I don't want to see children. And <laughs> I had to go take a break for like 10 minutes. And it, and then coming and serving at church, like helping with junior youth and like helping out downstairs is what I do. And my mom does that every single Sunday. She comes and helps downstairs after doing her job all week, like helping out with children all week. 24-7, dealing with me and my brother, too. Like, she has just shown all the fruits of the spirits. She is a great example of those. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Thank you guys very much for coming and being a part of this. Thank you. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Good experience. Yeah. Thank you, Emma, Stacy, and Cheryl. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for, for mothers. Thank you for knowing that, knowing exactly what we need our whole lives and providing that. Thank you for giving us such nurturers and such caretakers and those giving moms the instincts and giving moms the knowledge, the intuitive knowledge to know what to do and how to how to bring us into the world and get us through this life. And thank you for the incredible amount of love that they give, but thank you for the incredible amount of love that you give and the incredible, incredible sacrifice that your son was willing to make for us. Thank you for the pointer that you gave me, the opening my eyes, Lord, to your glory and how you reveal yourself In the most incredible ways, Lord. Thank you for that, that mom and that little boy. Because it made all the difference to me. And it helped me to understand the sacrifice and the giving and the love that comes from you, Lord. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to be speaking. I'm so grateful to be a part of this church, a part of your family, Lord. I don't deserve it, but I'm so grateful for it. Please, Lord, be with all the mothers out there. Be with all the children out there. Help them form these relationships, these bonds, and, and help them remember how important it is to, to center you in this relationship and pray together and read your word together, Lord, and, and build the relationship with you. 
Thank you for my mom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, normally we have a couple of discussion questions, but and we'll put them on the screen and I'll talk about them. But today I have a couple of questions and they're pretty self-explanatory. When was the last time you called your mom? And when was the last time you told her that you loved her? That's it. I'll leave you with that. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you have given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know. Email connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. Lastly, feel free to connect with us through social. Just search at Mountain View Whitehorse. Have a blessed week.